service. All right, we'll get started tonight. And uh, I did not do prayer requests this morning. So, uh, any prayer requests? Anybody else? Sister Barbara, Brother John, and Sister Mary, uh, still waiting for her doctor's appointment. and let's stand tonight and go to the Lord in prayer. Remember all those on our prayer request list. I don't have mine right up here in front of me, but do remember all of them. All these we've called uh, by name. Brother John, will you take the quick update. Uh, talked to Sister Barbara this afternoon and uh, Brother Don is doing better. Um, she was treated with kidney stones which was actually uh, an injection or something. Um, but it's looking pretty bad for tonight. But anyway, uh, let's update on Brother Don. Go ahead and grab your group book and let's turn to page 180. 180. 
Go ahead and turn to page uh, 
go and turn to page 256. 256. Go ahead and turn to page 217. 217. Some glad morning when this life is over. I Celestial shore, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, bye bye. I'll fly away. When the shadows of the life have Bye. 
Thank you, choir. Does anyone have a special this morning?
everybody else is not using what God's given them. Because then it can be a whole lot different world to live in. I don't want I don't come from the God who is not in the Very good. your Bibles tonight and go with us to the book of Deuteronomy. Try to get some bad news to that microphone, right? We'll pack them up after church, take them home, and get them fixed. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 7 you would tonight go there and while you're turning there if you would stand we're going to spend a lot of time there just a little time where I'm going to start but I'm going to be in Proverbs chapter 28 verse 20 so if you're going to want to flip over there hold your spot in Deuteronomy Proverbs 28 20 a faithful man shall abound with blessings but he that maketh haste to be rich shall be, or shall not be innocent. I want you to think of the first part of this. I'm not going to talk about trying to be rich this evening, but rather be faithful. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Father, this evening we thank you, Lord, for your love, mercy, and grace, and we thank you, dear God, for the blessings you give us. And I ask you, Father, help us, Lord, tonight for a few moments of time that we might help encourage one another, but Lord, the same challenge one another. Lord, I pray this evening to help me, Father, to be that which I need to be and do what I need to do for thy name's sake, that I might continue to encourage and help, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. If you would, go back over to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Now, I looked up several of these verses just, just to kind of look at a couple of things I wanted to tonight, and I, I will not take credit for the entire thought, but I will just say this, that the Lord this morning uh, allowed us to listen to a message that had something to do with faithfulness, and I won't preach that message, but this afternoon this was running through my mind, so I looked up a few things, and when I did, uh, this is where I came. In order to be faithful, we have to first make a commitment. You, you know, if you don't commit to anything, you don't have anything to be faithful to. And my, my, my marriage, I committed to being faithful to my wife. When I got hired at the gas company, I committed to being faithful to my employer. When I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life, I committed to being faithful to God. When I took the role as pastor of this church, I committed to being faithful to you. And when we stop to think about this, in our faithfulness, we've all made errors. We've all failed at some point in time in, in some of these. You know, and you, you can go down and you can determine whatever that list might be there. But, but as a Christian... And I will say this, as a Christian, if our faithfulness to God is what it ought to be, then our faithfulness to every other commitment we take on will be what it needs to be. I've said before, if I'm a better man of God, I will be a better husband. I'll be a better dad. I'll be a better employee. I'll be a better pastor. I'll be a better brother, uncle, and, and all of these things. And in Deuteronomy 7, when God was talking to the children of Israel, 
and where they were going to be, this one's too. Um, he, when he was talking to them about their faithfulness and or his choosing them, he he gave them a list of things that if they would be, or if they would do these, they would be faithful. So let's look at it. Verse one. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hast cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Gergesites, and the, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, I want you to think about something. God just said that he was going to bring them to a land that he chose for them to possess. When he said, when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whether thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, he names that he's going to cast them out. And then he says, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. So God is already committed to being faithful to the children of Israel because he just said that he was going to cast out seven nations before them that were greater and mightier than Israel was. By the way, David faced Goliath, right? But he said the battle wasn't with Goliath or David. Uh, uh, Goliath's battle wasn't with David. It was with the Lord. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defileth the army of the living God? I mean, he made a statement right there to the men of Israel that one, that they were the army of God and they should have been faithful to, to God to fight. But also David made this commitment that he was going to be faithful to God and take care of this uncircumcised. Hey, Goliath was no, no match for David, not because David knew everything, but because David was walking behind the shield of God and he was carrying the sword of God. And if you stop to think about it, when they got down there, Goliath threw a lot of nonsense at David, but David just spoke the truth of God's word. It makes a real big difference when you're committed and you're faithful. Going on, he said, And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee. Can I tell you something tonight, church, that we need to look at when we're reading this is the understanding of this, that God is talking about his faithfulness towards them. And they need to understand what their responsibility or their faithfulness towards God should be. So he says, And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt not make no covenant now look at this, thou shalt not make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughters thou shalt not give unto the, his, his sons, and his daughters shalt thou not take unto thy sons. Already God is giving them orders, so to say. He's giving them commandments, and if they're faithful to these things, they'll be good. But if not, look at verse 4. For they will turn away thy sons from following me. Church, do we realize that in the book of Corinthians, if you go on over there, chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, excuse me, 2 Corinthians. I always get these two mixed up and I don't want to mix them up tonight. Chapter 6, verse 11. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not strangers in us, but we are straightened, or excuse me, ye are not straightened in us, but we are straightened in your own bowels. Now for recompense in the same, I, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 
the, the, the statement stops right there so that we can take counsel in this part. And, and then he explains to us why afterwards. Now, he just told us in Deuteronomy chapter 7, look what he says. I've lost it. Let me get my place back here. For they will turn away thy sons from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will their anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Now, Deuteronomy 7, verse 4. Because God just told them that they were to utterly destroy them. They were not to make any covenant with them. They were not to show any mercy unto them. They were not to give in marriage their sons nor their daughters to them. Because if they did, they would not be faithful to God any longer. They would serve other gods. And so when you get over here into the book of First, Second Corinthians chapter 6, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I've said it before, I'll say it again, and it's a true statement, and you know that it is, that those of us who would like to think that we could pull others up actually will be pulled down if we surround ourselves with those who are lost. We surround ourselves with those who are not doing right. And we willingly take participant of that, and we hold to them, uh, hold with them in things Eventually, our faithfulness will lack off, or our faithfulness will become weak. Our faithfulness will diminish because it is impossible, and I'm going to say this because God's Word said it is, it is impossible for us to believe that we can hold together with those who don't hold with God and lift them up and stay faithful to God. It's just not going to happen that way. I don't know if it's a battery issue or what. So then he goes on and he says it this. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Can any of us here tonight come to, come to the place where we think we can make a legitimate argument that unrighteousness can be linked together with righteousness and they can be cohorts. It's impossible. Remember Jesus said, lest two agree, shall, shall, can they walk together? They can't. I will be honest with you. I, I would not be able to walk hand in hand down the street supporting somebody that I believe was against the will of God. And, and yet in this life and the things that we do, a lot of times we call that compromise. And compromise is what's destroyed us. It's what's brought us to the place where we're at where there's no clearness and no preciseness on anything. And by the way, uh, church, we're all, we, we've said this, and, and I, I don't mean to get into politics at this time, but, but I, we've all said this. We vote for the lesser of two evils. What does that mean? Compromise has caused us to vote for evil even though it's not what we're supposed to do. And so we vote for the lesser of the two evils. But, but we all know this. If we went out into the garden and there was a copperhead on one side and a rattlesnake on the other side, we would not compromise with either one of those, would we? An amazing way that we do things in this world. What fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? As long as there's a light on this building, is there darkness in the building? We would say, well, Brother Ernie, it's not as light as it could be if they're all out but one. I didn't ask that. I said, as long as there is a light on in the building, is there darkness in the building? There's light in the building. We'd say, well, the cup's half empty. Well, actually, it's half full. The perception of people when we look at things is, 
is always to figure out which one suits me best. What relationship? When you turn a light on, darkness disappears. It disappears because there's light in the room. There's light in the building. There's light in the place. And Jesus is light. What fellowship is righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Is there any area that the devil and Christ agree on and they can walk hand in hand? I mean, just be honest. The devil will not admit that he's going to hell forever and ever 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 and ever. He said, I will ascend and be like the Most High. We all know that the devil loses, right? He's thrown into the bottomless pit. He's going to be chained and bound just like everybody else. He, he's not going to make his way into heaven. He's not going to be God. Here's the word of God to tell us that very thing, and we believe it with all of our hearts. And yet the devil knows the word of God and twists it up every day, but will not accept it. He's not going to make it, church. We understand that. We know that. And so we would say there is no concord. There is no agreement with Christ and the devil. There's no agreement with Christ and false religion. And then he says this, Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And you and I would say, well, you know what? We shouldn't call people names. An infidel is not a name, by the way. You take your Islam religion, your Muslim religion, and so forth, and they look at that, and they call an infidel to them is any Jew or any Christian that believes in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That is an infidel to them. But what the Bible is talking about in what an infidel is, is that a lost person. Someone who does not know God. Someone who does not want to know God. And if you stop to think about it, it makes perfect sense there. What part hath he that believeth with an infidel? We are not the same. Now, does that mean I can't eat ice cream with somebody who, who's lost? No. I can tell you what, you go into any ice cream parlor in the town and you'll run into somebody who's lost. But you know what I shouldn't be doing? Is making them my best bud. They shouldn't be my best friend. Shouldn't be the ones that I'm socializing around and that I'm holding with. Oh, I should be a light to them. I should be an example to them. I should be respectful to them. You'll never win anybody that you're hateful to. But that doesn't make them your cohort. You know, when I go to work, I go to work with people who are lost. Some of, some of them are lost and don't know it. Some of them are lost and don't care. Some of them are lost and don't think they are. I mean, just it's real simple. But if I go in there every morning and I just point out everybody in the building who's lost and then I treat them like trash, am I being a light of Christ to them? No, I'm not. But should they be the ones that I would surround myself with? No. So when we talk about faithfulness, faithfulness is being committed unto the Lord in the manner in which God would have us to be. Look at what he says going on. In verse 4, Deuteronomy chapter 7. For they will turn away thy sons from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. And you can read your Bible and find that that verse of Scripture right there has proven itself over and over again. But thus shall you deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. Now, God doesn't tell us to go down to the uh, Buddhist temple down here and destroy that today. This was a different time but what he is telling us is this is that we should not be going there God doesn't want me to go to the city church not to call out a bunch of them but God doesn't want me going to Catholic mass he used to do that he doesn't want me going to the Mormon church I don't need to go to the Jehovah Witness church 
And I'll just put it to you this way. Any church that will not preach the Bible, regardless of what name they carry, God does not want me going to. That's not where I should be holding my fellowship. Stay true to the counsel of God. Stay true to the pureness and the holiness of the Word of God. Stay true to the people of God. We need to make sure that we encourage one another. And yet, it seems like, and, and, and we have, I love today, thank you so much for today, but it seems like we'll have less fellowship one with another a lot of times than we will with people who are lost. Get rid of those things that would take you away from the Lord. And don't surround yourself with those people who will take you away from the Lord. Verse 6, for thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. Now remember, he said that we are peculiar people in the New Testament. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And by the way, I will say this. While he is talking to Israel here in the New Testament, we understand that that also applies to you and I. We're not so high that we look down our nose at everybody else, but we are a special people. Remember, a royal priesthood, a, a peculiar people God called us to be. He called us to be separate from the unclean. And he said, come out and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will be a God unto you, and ye shall be my people. That's, that's a promise that God has given us. It started back here. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any, other, than any people, but ye were the fewest of all people. But look at verse 8. But because the Lord loved you, Kind of gets back to love, don't it? He's talking about love this morning, God's love toward us, how that ought to de determine and strengthen and, and build our love towards God. But look what he said. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep his oath unto him, excuse me, that he would keep his oath which he had sworn unto your brethren. What's that mean? He says, or fathers, he says, God is going to be faithful. And hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of a bondman from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God. That word faithful God is found only one time in scripture and it's right here. Another time in the New Testament, he's called the faithful creator, which is found only one time in Scripture. But it says he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keepeth his commandments to a thousand generations. Verse 10 is one that we don't like to read, but let's go ahead. And repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him, but will repay him to his face. One of these days, we've said it before many times, there's going to be a lot of people who are absolutely shocked. And I will say this, shocked, and we'll argue uh, and I've, I've said, you know, we wouldn't be saying much, but, but the Bible teaches us that there will be those who argue with the Lord and try to convince them that everything that they've done, they've done in His name and they've done for Him and they used His name to do these things and He's going to tell them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Yeah, they used the name of God, but they never loved it. 
they didn't embrace it and follow it. They weren't faithful to it. Kind of makes you think of that one supposing that verse of scripture, I don't know where it is, but it says supposing that gain is godliness. Not just gain of money, but gain of fame, power, following. I'll just be honest with you, church. If we had 10 million people following us on Facebook or Sermon Audio, would that make me famous or faithful? Depends on how you handle it. Depends on how you look at it. But can I tell you, I don't think God will bless a man with real followers if he's not faithful. I don't think he'll bless us with real, I, I, I would say this, if we're not faithful, what cause does God have to bless us with? For what purpose or plan? So we need to be faithful. There's going to be a lot of folks following the unfaithful, but there's only going to be a few folks following the faithful. And God's faithful. Christ is faithful. The Holy Ghost is faithful. And if we believe that we are in Him and He in us, then all three of these apply to you and I. Therefore, we ought to be faithful. Remember what I started off with, Proverbs chapter 28. Verse 20, a faithful man a faithful man shall abound with blessings. And blessings from God are the best thing you and I can have in our lives. Go ahead and stand with us tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And we thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be in your house. Pray, Lord, help us tonight to do that which we need to do, be that which we need to be. Father, help us to be examples for you. Help us, dear God, to be examples of you. Lord, I pray this evening, help us to be faithful. Father, we pray, Lord, as we go tonight and we leave this service Lord that we'll not leave thy word nor the authority and the power of it but rather Father we'll cling to it and hold to it so that we may be what you'd have us to be one to another and in this lost and dying world we thank you Father tonight in Jesus name